0: Welcome to Martha Runs the World, a podcast with a new take on running, fitness, and all things health-oriented. I'm Martha Hughes, your host, and each week I present a new topic that is of interest to all runners. You already know that Martha Runs the World has a Patreon page, and now I have merchandise to offer. If you sign up at the $10 a month level, you'll get one of the brand new Martha Runs the World Buffs. They look great, and they're very practical right now. It's just a little something to say thank you. Signing up at any level gives you access to exclusive episodes that are not available anywhere else. You can go to MarthaRunsTheWorld.com and click on the Patreon button for more information. Welcome to Episode 92 of Martha Runs The World. My guest today is Natalie Langsdorf with the organization Girls on the Run, Girls on the Run help girls find a place of their own. It gets them running. It's a great organization. It does a lot of good, and I will have her explain it. She can do a lot better than I can. It's going to be a great interview, a lot of fun, and I really enjoyed talking to her about all the help she does. Anyway, here is Natalie Langsdorf of Girls on the Run. Will you welcome to the program, Natalie Langsdorf, who's a program director with Girls on the Run of the Bay Area. Hi, Natalie. How are you?
1: Hi, Martha. Doing great. Happy to be here.
0: Great. I am very happy to have you on the show. Uh, Now, Girls on the Run, for those who aren't familiar, what is the organization and how do they get started?
1: Yes. So, Girls on the Run International started in 1996, and at the time it was quite unique among organizations in combining running with social-emotional learning. So, really using running as a tool for youth development and combining it with a lot of other juicy activities to help girls find emotional strength and make stronger social connections. We reached girls in grades third through eighth, and it actually started as a third through fifth grade program, so kind of that juicy age before they reach middle school and are kind of more challenging to influence as adults. So we're really kind of trying to catch them at that moment in time before they might be approaching more at-risk behaviors um, to give them the power of running and set them up knowing that running is a tool that they can access throughout their lifetime and hopefully use it to bring themselves joy, emotional regulation and potentially social connection as well.
0: That's incredible. It's such a um a valuable time to grab hold of them to to start loving it too because there there's so much oh my gosh, I just remember myself at that age
1: and, and how hard it was. It was such a difficult time. Absolutely. Yeah, and You know, the evidence studies show that girls are really most accessible at this age in terms of their physical activity. They're still really lagging behind boys. So um, girls kind of peak in their physical activity levels at age nine. And for the most part, they're really declining after that, Um, unless there is some kind of intervention where girls find some kind of physical activity that they love and get engaged. So what we really try to do is um, not necessarily make them into super runners um, and reach peak athletic fitness level at fifth grade, although some of them do, Um, but we're really kind of trying to make sure that girls of all fitness levels and even girls who don't identify as liking to run are able to find something about this program that they really engage with Um, so that hopefully they do really have a positive attitude toward running when they come and go on into their wider lives and we're really looking for that lifelong impact
0: a lot of it is just having a a program where they feel like they belong and and for and for a lot of girls who are on the outside and maybe don't have a lot of friends it's it's a lifesaver
1: yeah definitely um, and we All of our coaches are actually volunteers, so we recruit and train women and men in the community who are interested in facilitating this program with girls. They don't have to have any particular type of background in terms of being athletic or having prior experience working with youth. So we background check them and we provide them with a really comprehensive training as well as the Girls on the Run curriculum, which provides all the tools that they need to successfully implement this program. And between the training as well as the curriculum, it's really designed to provide very intentional social supports. So many of us may have experience growing up, hopefully, of like making strong social bonds on a team. Or, you know, finding friendships through shared activities and shared experiences. We're basically trying to take that one step further. So we're really building in conscious connection, conscious relationship building, and having the coaches think about the way they build relationships between themselves and the girls, as well as the way they facilitate relationships between the girls on the team.
0: What a great resource. There's a lot of chapters around the U.S., and maybe it sounds like international. It sounds like the world, too, right?
1: (laughs) Yes. Well, (laughs) we've got a few chapters in Canada, so that does make them international. Um, I am with the Bay Area chapter, so we are based in San Francisco. Our office is in the Mission in the lovely Women's Building, if anyone's been there. It's an amazing community center with a lot of great resources to support women and children in the community. Um, And so we serve a five-county area. We're in San Francisco, Marin, Alameda, and Contra Costa counties in the East Bay, as well as San Mateo County. So kind of an hour in any direction around San Francisco um, are the areas that are served by our Bay Area chapter. And what that really means is that anyone who is interested in starting a program in that area would talk to me. Um, And it also means that all of the kids and families who are participating in those five counties will come together for the 5K event that we put on at the end of the season. Um, typically, we've done this in Golden Gate Park in San Francisco, which has been absolutely amazing. It's such a world-class event experience for you know 2,000 plus girls crossing the finish line and really feeling the weight of that accomplishment that they've been working toward all season. Um, of course in the pandemic we are not doing that event but we definitely recall it fondly and hope that we can return to that someday soon well, hopefully
0: hopefully next year i mean really we have to get back to some kind of normal so yeah. how lo- yeah so how long have you been involved
1: i've been with the organization since 2008 so quite a long time at this point um, when I joined on, they had just moved to the women's building, um, a two-woman organization at that time, um, and were hiring on an additional halftime person. And I had recently moved to the Bay Area from Ohio, my native state, um, and was really excited to jump into the waters of a thriving nonprofit community and just explore so many different types of job opportunities that I had never knew were possible. So I had a friend from college who worked at another organization in the women's building and I came to visit her and she was actually also volunteering as a coach with Girls in the Run at that time. So she let me know about this great organization and as it happened, they were also hiring and it really looked like an amazing fit for me because I have always been really passionate about volunteering and kind of building my community through service. Um, and kind of women's empowerment issues. Additionally, I felt like I found a lot of my personal strength and personal voice and social connections through cross country, um, participation growing up. So between all of those elements that helped me really relate, which so many of our volunteers have a similar story, um, I was just really excited to jump in, um, half time, And I was working at a sandwich shop on the side. Um, And then in a couple months, they were just seeing that the program was continuing to grow and grow. So they brought me on full time.
0: That's terrific. So you're a runner, too, as well, right?
1: I run a little less now. I get out and run with the girls. I've got some knee issues. (laughs) (laughs) I am... Um, more of a hiker at this point, but when it comes to showing up at practice to visit and see how the teams are doing, I really, regardless of any physical issues, I definitely can't resist (laughs) jumping in and, you know, the best way to motivate someone to run is to run with them, right? So it's very fun to show up as that new person with fresh energy and get to know the girls by hopping in and doing some laps with them. Um, sometimes the coaches will say, um, see if you can keep up with Natalie and send us all off on a first fast lap to get the crazy energy out before we start delving into our topic for the day.
0: Oh, that's great. It just sounds like so much fun. So yeah, it it does. Now, how has everything changed with uh, COVID?
1: Yes, so many changes. I mean, I will say, building off of what I was just sharing about jumping in and running a lap with the girls, there's, we've all been emotionally affected by being in the pandemic and everything that's going on in our world right now, but the joy and happy endorphins that are brought by being together outside and running around um, has not changed. In fact, I think I appreciate them even more. So it's been such a wonderful gift to go out to practice and just. Feel the energy of the girls and um, be silly together and get moving together. Um, So that's such a gift. Um, The other thing that's amazing and such a gift that has not changed is that we still have a really thriving network of volunteers who are willing and eager to jump in and be trained as coaches and come on board to support a team. All of our coaches we match in groups of three adults to a group of up to 12 girls. So I've just been so amazed that even with like the fires (laughs) and the pandemic, you know, we have many safety policies and procedures in place to ensure that everyone feels good about what they're doing. Um, But I just have so much gratitude and amazement toward our phenomenal volunteers. So. Yeah, but in terms of what has changed, um, we work really closely with Girls on the Run International. They create the curriculum. And ensure that, you know, there's consistent quality and consistent messaging across the entire country. So that if you do Girls on the Run in Florida or in the Bay Area or in Ohio, you're getting the same curriculum and lessons and high quality experience. And they were able to adapt the curriculum so that we could be really flexible to meet the needs of the current environment. Um, Our prior partnerships have been with schools because those are kind of the community hubs for kids and families. And schools are very challenged right now, of course, by having to switch their entire operations to remote learning. Um, So they really don't have the bandwidth to facilitate partnerships with outside organizations such as Girls on the Run, no matter how much it would benefit their kids. Um, And even for families, going back to school in the fall is just always a busy, crazy time. It was definitely a scramble to figure out how we were going to launch our fall season of Girls on the Run. We have all these great changes to the curriculum that I mentioned. Um, we basically have the capacity now to seamlessly transition between an in-person or a virtual model. So if for some reason there was a rainy day or a smoke day or somebody had COVID symptoms, we could go immediately to a virtual model so that people are still connecting with their team, still experiencing girls on the run. They have a really fun virtual experience that feels very different from their Zoom classroom day. It has a lot more free-flowing conversation, um, being silly, doing the cheers and energy awards that they've learned together, and then getting moving so doing some working out together and then launching off into our own workouts afterwards as well so we have this model it's super flexible it can be implemented a couple different ways so that it really works for families to continue on through the season no matter what comes up um but communicating that out in the craziness of back to school was a big challenge Um, So we did actually manage to get about a little more than half of the enrollment that we usually get in the fall season, which we're actually really proud of. Um, We surveyed our families over the summer to determine whether they would even be comfortable with an in-person model or whether they wanted to go full virtual. And we overwhelmingly heard that, you know, whatever the pandemic, families just want their kids to be able to get outside and be in person. So we really made sure to go the extra mile to provide that live in-person programming that people were overwhelmingly demanding. And we have it at this point to do it at parks, community centers, public access locations, and other places in the community besides school grounds, which were not an option.
0: Yeah, I think, I think people at this point, they, they want to be outside and they want to see people. I mean, they want to do it safely, but they want to, uh, you know, at least see other people. I think we're all uh, stir crazy being at home.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we do have a few teams, though, um, who needed to be all virtual for whatever reason. Perhaps right. that was the requirement of their after school program. And we've been able to do some unique things with that as well. We have a team at um, a Chinese immersion school where I actually had a woman who attends. College in the United States, but she's a Chinese citizen. And she reached out and said, I heard about your program and I'd love to coach a virtual team. And the time distance for West Coast to China works so that it's first thing in the morning for her. It's really unique that we're having someone who's, you know, has the Chinese experience to be one of the coaches for this team coaching virtually from China. That's outstanding.
0: That's how great is that? They can just speak with someone around the world. Uh Wow, that is so cool. I I also noticed that those kits that they have for the girls to use at home—that took a lot of work to put those together. Those are great.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So some of the changes that we've made to our program to make it flexible for this environment are things that I think we'll want to continue on with regardless. One of the other pieces. Just to give an example of that is that we used to have some handouts that would be included with our materials um, because it's not just running every day. It's the social emotional learning and they're doing things like filling out a line on a worksheet at the end of each lap or, you know, having cards handed out to them that say different things that they would respond to or think about or discuss with a running partner while they run. Um, So it's really engaging them kind of mentally and physically very much at the same time. But we actually transitioned all of those handouts into a journal. So that means that whether they're in person or virtual, they have everything that they need to participate in Girls on the Run with them at all times. But the bonus is the journals are really cute and really fun and the girls love to use them and respond to them. Um, And now I'm asking myself why we didn't always have that in a journal format, because it's an amazing way to take away the program. And if a girl has to miss a day, she can catch up by using her journal. Um, So we're actually really excited about some of the innovation that we've been able to come up with. Um, And additionally, just with moving toward more public parks, there are so many beautiful park spaces in the Bay Area that we haven't necessarily taken advantage of. And I think that's going to be something that continues going forward.
0: That's great. That is really such great news. I mean, when, you know, it's true, when the door closes, a window opens, you know, (laughs) so there's always opportunities. Do you hear from girls who have grown up and do they ever come back or do you hear from them again?
1: Yeah, we do. Um, I have a picture that I'm calling up in my mind right now of two girls that. We did a photo shoot before I even joined Girls on the Run. I think it was in like 2005. And Mm. then later, somehow, both of them came back and interned with us as high school students over the summer. And then we have a picture of them holding their framed photo as grown girls in high school. Um, So that was really sweet. We absolutely love to re engage our participants as much as possible. So we do some ad hoc activities for our alumni, um, but we also have a bit of a stream just built right into our core activities. So um, the program is starts with third through fifth grade, and we rotate between different versions of their curriculum. So the girls can repeat the program and not have the same exact experience each time. Mm-hmm. There'll be some different lessons doing some different activities, and hopefully reflecting on these really universal themes with a different perspective each time. I know as an adult, I can talk about um, setting personal boundaries throughout my lifetime and never exhaust, you know, the juicy parts of that conversation and the need to apply it differently in my life. Sidebar, our coaches definitely say they learn as much as the girls or more. But going back to our alumni, so after they do the third through fifth grade program they can do our separate middle school curriculum which is for sixth seventh and eighth grades we also have junior coaching opportunities in high school and we love to engage junior coaches as well they go through the same training as our adult coaches but they have a little bit less responsibility and then after they graduate from high school they are of age to be full coaches, and we love to engage them for that as well. So we've had girls throughout our five counties who really actually do that full track um, and continue on with us to coach in adulthood. Oh,
0: that's terrific. That's really good. Do you, do you have a high percentage or do you have a, a decent percentage of girls that keep running after they, they're gone?
1: We'll be right back. Yeah, absolutely. It's a little bit hard to track um, just because we don't necessarily require them to run, per se. We kind of just want them to know that it is something that even if they lose touch with, they can reconnect with and find joy in. Um, But yeah, our long term results, we have a little bit less of in the Bay Area. So we're really working on trying to find partners to help us do those longer term evaluations um, and help us find the funding for that as well. Anecdotally, the girls we keep in touch with are absolutely continuing to stay active in various ways. They let us know for sure. We oh. actually did, another thing that we did over the pandemic was um, we created movement videos in the time when we really couldn't go outside. We were all quarantining over the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a lot of our alumni girls send in videos to engage other people in movement that we could post on our social media. So that was a really fun innovation that came out of the pandemic that also got our alumni moving and showing us the way that they stay active.
0: Mm-hmm. That's that's a really unique thing to do. And and it can bring people closer together to see each other on video. That's kind of, that's very, very cool. What are some of the things you have uh, or you're planning for next year when things hopefully get back to normal?
1: Oh, my goodness. It's hard to imagine such a world. I
0: know, um, but we will. We will eventually.
1: Absolutely. Well, we offer our programs every fall and spring. Um, and each season is culminated in a 5k event. Um, so we definitely hope to continue to open up the opportunity to more families who are interested in this program. Um, we are a nonprofit, so we're really, it's important to us to have families who are able to financially access this program, as well as families who might need financial assistance. Um, really all girls, and we define girls very broadly. So anyone who self-identifies as a girl, a very open gender expansive definition of that term. We'd love to continue making sure that we recruit volunteer coaches who are passionate about meeting girls' needs as well. So continuing to just very deeply engage the community is um, our mission and our biggest priority.
0: Great. So what kind of volunteer opportunities do you have for for listeners if they're interested in in helping out?
1: Yeah. So the biggest one is coaching. Um, That's where you get the joy of directly connecting with the girls. Um, Men or women can be volunteer coaches. We will provide all of the training and information and materials that are needed to coach. And it's not something you're going to be responsible for on your own. We match groups of three coaches to up to 12 girls. Um, So it's a shared responsibility and it's a lot of fun. And our coaches not only find a lot of joy in getting to know the girls and experiencing their fun energy, but also in building relationships with other people who are adults who are committed to girls in the community and kind of share their love of wellness and self-development. Um, And coaches are of all ages, um, 18 and up. We have retirees. We have um, people who work from home or people who have flexible schedules. Really, every type of background is engaged in this program. Um, In terms of other volunteer opportunities, once we are back to normal, like I mentioned, we do our two 5K events a year and they are big. So we always need 5k event day volunteers. Those are generally held each May and December. Other one-off volunteer opportunities where there's more information available on our website. So um, if you just need a one-time volunteer opportunity, we do have things available like when we sort shoes to provide to girls who don't have appropriate footwear or we sort the t-shirts since every kid and adult in the program gets Um, a Girls on the Run t-shirt. So those are just one-time events that happen throughout the course of our year where we can absolutely use extra help. Um, Another opportunity we had unique to the pandemic was we got a bunch of hand sanitizer donated. So we needed to put it down into smaller bottles so that it was going to be easy to distribute to the teams. So we always have opportunities coming up where people from the community can plug in and help out.
0: Very cool. That is great to know. And I'm going to have all the uh, link information for the organization on my website when this comes out. So everything will be there and they can just go in there and, and volunteer like crazy. <laughs> Any, anywhere my listeners live in in the Bay Area and some parts of Canada, they can volunteer. So that will be excellent. And yeah, thank you so much, Natalie. I really appreciate you being on the show. This is terrific. You have given the listeners so much useful information and and helped out so much. I really love all the work that you're doing uh, for it for running and and getting girls involved in running. It, it's it's so important.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Martha. I really appreciate this opportunity. We are really always trying to build more connections in the community. So this is a huge gift you're giving us to help us get the word out. Um, And I hope that we can engage some of the listeners. Great. Great.
0: And you take care and enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you. You as well. Many thanks, Natalie. I really appreciate your being on the show and letting us know about girls on the run. All the information for the organization will be on my website martharunselworld.com. And let's see. Oh my goodness. You know, I've said this before, but my new job is just the hours are so weird. I am not used to it. My Fridays are your Mondays. I am not used to working weekends. I don't work every weekend. I work every other weekend. And it's just kind of strange to have Mondays as a day off. Mondays and Tuesdays, anyway, as a day off. So I don't know if I'll ever get used to that. (laughs) It's so strange. Next week, you do not want to miss my show. It is my annual Haunted Running Trails. So it's Haunted Running Trails 2020. I could just tell the tale of 2020 and it would scare everyone because we all lived through it, right? Right but I won't. I will have three haunted trails that you will all enjoy. Three trails in the U.S. that are haunted and scary, that have some kind of creepiness that make them worthwhile visiting. And they're really cool ones. I went out of my way to find really, really cool ones this year. So don't miss that one. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm also going up to the mountains this coming weekend after my shift friday because i have next weekend off so i have four days off so i am taking well advantage of it so i'm going up to the sierras and i will talk all about that in a future show so you will hear it like i said my website com. you can visit that for all information about today's show you can go to patreon and donate monthly if you want you can give a buck or two or more if you give ten dollars you get a great buff you can also email me for comments, questions, or ideas for future shows. I love to get suggestions. There are subjects I haven't covered. And if you have not heard a subject you want to hear, let me know. That's martharunsaworld at gmail.com. And I think that about covers it. So until next week, oh, thank you so much. Thank you very, very much for being part of my audience. I really appreciate you. I. I do very, very much. So until next week, let's tie up our shoelaces and go for a run.